0: Host sports are place. Yeah. all plays. Host sports place. all plays. Host sports all plays. Uh. 365, we're making a place. You talking the game, get you through the days. We're hiding the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety, topics, is living the same. Authentication, of sports information. In the air, we're staking the nation. Host sports all, sport, all plays, they are working your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. Host sports all plays. Yeah.
1: All right what is up everyone? It's Wednesday night We're in the middle of the week we're almost there to the weekend. Fortunately there's no football anymore so you know hey we're we're gonna get through this weekend and it's gonna be Monday and maybe we can get through Monday maybe <laughs> we get through Monday. We don't know yet, we'll get there when we get there. We'll cross that bridge at a later time. But I think this record, we're going on, what, four shows in a row now that we're on? We're at a month. We're at a month, guys. We're at a freaking month. Um, and of course, as always, I know, I know. Can we really count <laughs> it a whole month? I we're going to. I'm going we'll to.
0: We'll take it. We'll take it.
1: Um, joined, as always, I got, of course, Joe. Joe, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing fantastic, sir. The Super Bowl is over. The offseason is here. I cannot wait. And you know what? The Olympics are still going on. So, all in all, not too bad in my neck of the woods. Fantastic. And then, of course, we always got
1: Amon with us as well. Amon, how are you doing, good, sir?
0: Doing great. Football season might be over, but the offseason just begun and everything else is raging on. So, we're looking forward to that.
1: I agree. I agree. So, we'll touch on it. We'll touch on it real quick because, I mean, it did just happen a few days ago. Uh, the Super Bowl, which to me personally is probably one of the best Super Bowls I've seen in, a, in an extremely long time, like years, like probably Colts versus Saints is probably to me the last personally Super Bowl. I was like, wow, this is this is a really good game. Probably the Ravens and Ravens and 49ers would be after that. So the, this to me is the I would say top top 10 Super Bowls in the last last 10 years. Um so for you guys, Amon, what did, what did you think of the Super Bowls? What, what would you say is probably your, your positive and your negative coming out of this game?
0: I mean, it was a lot of fun stuff going on. It was different. The Super Bowl halftime show was different. It was one of the better ones I had seen in a, in a long time. And the game was great, right? We all had, had Joe Burrow at the end of the game. He had a minute and a half to go. And we all were thinking, man, is he going to pull it off? And, of course, Aaron Donald just did an Aaron Donald thing on back-to-back plays. I thought that was fantastic. It sucks seeing Odell go down early in the game, and it sucks seeing Stafford kind of get gimpy and Joe Burrow get gimpy. I got really worried there when he started limping off the field. But all in all, like you said, Tony, it was just a great game. I thought it was back and forth. And, uh, you know, while the scores might have not been raging on after the initial surge in the third quarter, it did feel really good to have this kind of back and forth game.
1: Yeah.
2: Joe, what do you think? I absolutely love that so many narratives were destroyed. Um and new ones were created. It really was a phoenix of a football game where so many things were destroyed to make way for new things. Is Matt Stafford a Hall of Famer? Is OBJ a number one receiver? Is Zach Taylor a good head coach? All new things. The one thing I hated, and this is such a, a petty thing. Why on earth in 2022 are we submitting votes for the MVP before the two-minute warning? Because keep in mind that the two-minute warning Aaron Donald had not yet completed his, you know, masterpiece. And Joe Burrow had the ball trying to go win the game. So what you're telling me is Cooper Cup is the MVP, but if Joe Burrow leads the Bengals down the field and wins the Super Bowl, he doesn't get the MVP because, oops, the votes were already submitted? Like, we're not in the 60s. Like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, I'd agree. And and what was it? It's been – And Joe, I'm probably going to make you feel old when I say this. Um, I don't think there's been a Super Bowl since I've been alive where one team won and the other player and another player on the other team was awarded the MVP. I can't think of one in the last 16 years since at least Bears versus Colts that I can remember another another player on the other team won the Super Bowl MVP, even though the opposite team won the Super Bowl.
2: Like, I don't. It's only happened one time. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of who that was. That's bugging me now. I want to say. I going to say Dexter Manley, but I don't think that's right. Um, yeah, it's only happened one time, so it's definitely not something that happens. But again, really, in 2022, we just can't have like a little button that we're pushing and voting and like, come on. Nope. And
1: and yeah, I I kind of agree. For for me. You know, I, I was one of those really this whole entire Super Bowl. You know, I, I was going to be happy whoever won. I like Matt Stafford. I've always – I've been a really big Matt Stafford fan. You know, he has all the statistics. He was just with a really crappy organization, did not build around him. And and to be honest with you, he's one of the few quarterbacks in a crappy situation. He just kept his mouth shut. He was like, mm-hmm. here in Detroit. I'm going to do what I can do. You know, does it suck? Yes. Would I love to have help? Yes. But am I going to complain? No, I'm going to try to keep pushing and do what I can do with what I've got. And, you know, the fact that Detroit, I feel like Detroit did do something right. And when they said, hey, Matt, where do you want to go? Doesn't matter where we'll trade you there. Where do you want to go? And the fact that he was able to go to the Rams, take his team to the Super Bowl and win it is awesome. Uh, I'm just hoping the curse for Joe Burrow doesn't happen. Uh, I was looking and seeing a list of all the quarterbacks. They finally made a Super Bowl appearance. They lost it. And they've never been back since. And I hope, yeah. I pray for Joe Burrow that that doesn't happen. I don't – I'm not even going to say I don't think it will because, unfortunately, he's with Cincinnati. He has an ownership that doesn't really spend a lot of money for him and free agency. And I hope to God they just draft offensive linemen. Like, I keep seeing the meme of, like, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's, like, mock draft and it's literally all offensive linemen from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I 100% see that
2: happening. I, I do want to correct. It wasn't actually. It was Chuck Howley. Uh, it was actually from your Cowboys, Tony. Believe it or not, they lost to the Colts, 16 to 13, and uh, outside linebacker Chuck Howley was given the MVP. He's the only NFL MVP from the Super Bowl on the losing side. So, see, I'll be honest. When I knew
1: there was one, and I, I honest to God thought it involved Dallas, but I thought it was like Dallas versus Steelers because that's been that was like the matchup. Mm-hmm like, every other year. A lot, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Sealers versus Dallas in the Super Bowl again. It's like, damn it, pick something else. Um, nine times out of ten, Dallas was on the losing end. Damn it, man, pick somebody else. Um, but anyway, uh, real quick, we do have actually have an interesting question here in the comments. Uh, thoughts on the rumors that Deshaun might get traded to the Vikings? So, yeah, the Vikings and um, who's the other team that is supposed to be, like, is another big yeah, the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers mm-hmm. and Vikings are supposed to be the two big teams that Deshaun wants to go to. Mm-hmm. If everything in the criminal side, you know, doesn't doesn't come to fruition, you know, he would want to go there. I feel like if anybody's gonna make a giant push on it, it's Tampa Bay. I mean Tampa Bay is still kind of built in that win now. They still have a very good roster. You have a wide open division. Atlanta mm-hmm. Nevada, Atlanta doesn't know what they're doing. Matt Ryan's old. They don't have a running back. Who knows if Calvin Ridley may or may not come back? They have a great tight end. That's it. That's all you got. Um, you know, Carolina is a mess. Matt Rule, how he still has a job, I, I don't know. But he does. Hey, they got Ben
0: McAdoo. They're safe. They got Ben McAdoo. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> there you go.
1: Ben McAdoo. I just really hope that they would get like Joe Judge or somebody like that. Actually, I still think Giants would have never fired Dave Gettleman or Joe Judge. He was putting them in the right direction. I feel like Giants made a big mistake that.
2: Anyway. Uh, ben, ben McAdoo is Freddie's third favorite coach from his second favorite team, X. <laughs> yeah, yeah, X favorite team. Yeah. Uh,
1: And and the saints and the saints are so far over the cap and don't know what they're doing here. So, I mean, really Tampa Bay is the only team that's even remotely set up to succeed and they could be a completely average team. You put Deshaun on that team. You'll still have at least Mike Evans, probably not going to have Godwin. Maybe you convince Gronk not to retire. Probably not. But I mean, you still got Cameron Bray and you still got OJ Howard. So it's not like you're going to be hurting. Still got a very good defense, very young defense. So I mean, it's possible to the Vikings. It depends. Does Aaron Rodgers stay in the North or not? Is that that's really your because because if he does, you're just vying for second place, like they like every other team in the NFC North does. You're vying for second place. Like if Aaron Rodgers is there, that's that's what you're going for. As much as I hate to say it.
2: I want to push back on that a little bit. I actually think the smarter play is to go to the Vikings. Number one is because if you're Houston, you want the draft capital. Right now, I think the Vikings have the number twelve pick in the draft. Uh, Tampa Bay is like what in the late twenties, twenty seven. So, yeah, twenty seven. Yeah. So in that regard, you're you want to go for that. It's going to be take multiple first probably. Number mm-hmm. two, I actually think the Vikings are more set up for somebody like Deshaun Watson. He plays in nice weather. He played down in Texas. He plays up in a dome. I get Tampa Bay is the same way in that division. But I like the pieces around Minnesota better than I like Tampa Bay because of their cap situation, because their defense. I mean, those guys, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, JPP, those guys aren't going to last forever. They, They cannot carry on like they did two seasons ago. And I actually think. That with the core that they have in Minnesota with the Justin Jefferson on a rookie deal with Dalvin Cook, with some of these pieces around them, that if Deshaun Watson, again, take all the litigation, take all the off the field stuff, we're just talking on the field football, I actually think a better situation for him is in Minnesota. And the reason that Aaron Rodgers has controlled that division is because... He's going in a division where the defense is while they play well at times with Chicago and Minnesota, they've given him struggles. They don't have offenses that can compete. And if you put Deshaun Watson in Minnesota, that is an offense that can compete with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Oh,
1: I mean, I agree. Cause I mean, Kirk Cousins Cousins is 500 against him. I mean, if any team has ever given Aaron Rodgers, uh, for lack of better terms to be a pain in his ass, it's Minnesota. For, (laughs) For whatever reason, it's always Minnesota. Um so, yeah, I, I can kind of see it. Amon, what do you think?
0: I think Tampa would be the way I'd go if I'm Deshaun because I know how you have to give a lot up to go get him, right, barring the criminal stuff goes away. If you're Minnesota, you're going to have a new head coach, new situation coming from top to bottom, and then you probably have to give up Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, and then you have to throw in a lot of draft picks, probably some defensive capital. If you're the Bucks, you can go and throw JPP, some of your corners that are coming up on the end of their deals, you sign Carlton Davis back, and you can get back Chris Godwin if he sees that he Deshaun is coming to town. I think he's someone who be willing to give up some money to come and win another Super Bowl. So I think to me, it, I think more pieces would be around Deshaun Watson in Tampa Bay, and he's played in the South basically all of his uh, career dating back to college. Even in high school, he played in Georgia, played at Clemson, played in Houston. Just Tampa seems like the perfect fit to me.
1: Yeah, and kind of to Joe's point, I, I agree with kind of the nice weather. The crappy part is, is if he goes to the Vikings, you're going to have to go to Green Bay at some point. You're going to have to go to uh, Chicago at some point. So that's kind of the only bad part. Now, at least with now, at least with the NFC South, again, more wide open division. Two of your two of your teams have domes, so I mean, you you know, you get to go to the Panthers, not the Panthers. You get to go to the Falcons. It's in a dome, and you get to go to um, the Saints, also in a dome. So I mean. It's not not too terrible. The farthest north you're going to go is Carolina, and like Ahmad said, he played you know he played at Clemson. It's not it's not that mm-hmm. far from north Carolina, but he's pretty he's pretty used to that one. Um, anyway, moving on. So we've pretty much know we we saw this a lot, you know, kind of in the early early '90s, almost 2000s. That the doping was kind of the big thing to be able to get around you know performance enhancing drugs. It was harder to detect everything like that do you think it should be a bigger concern than what it is because it it kind of is hard to detect initially now it has gotten better as medical science has progressed on um obviously we've seen a lot of professional uh bikers even like the tour de france do a lot of this so you know I'll, i'll start with you joe do you do you think it should be a bigger concern than what it is or do you feel that out of I guess out of the performing enhancing activities you can do, this is the safest
2: point. I, I mean, I think part of the reason that we're talking about this is because what's going on right now in the Olympics with Russia, with the 15-year-old skater. Uh, I think it's Kamiya Vaieva, maybe. Um, you know, there's a whole situation going with that. We know that Russia is actually not competing at the Olympics because of doping, even though they have a whole team under the Russian Olympic Committee. So, like, it, it's a farce. I think what we don't want to do here in America is shine a spotlight because anytime that we do, we find things that we really don't want. We are just as bad as Russia in some aspects. We still don't know the actual stuff that Barry Bonds used. It was a cream that was developed specifically for him and people like him, and we don't fully know what went into that. Like it is a dirty little secret, and we don't know – really what's happening at the younger levels because we know now with the special specialization of sports, Iman, I'm going to uh, invoke your name here. You cover cricket, you cover international cricket players, young that go into these academies and learn and, you know, come up with national teams or professional that we see it in soccer with the League and stuff. There is immense pressure to compete at high levels for money and not even the best of money at times, but money that you can get. So I actually think that we have a huge doping issue here. It's not necessarily to the HGH levels that we see in Russia and a lot of uh, Europe and things of that sort. But I do think it's a real concern here. I, I, I absolutely am. And I think professional leagues have done a really poor job of getting this out. I mean, how many years did baseball take? I mean, we see a rod who was, you know, a whole year suspended and we all knew he was doing it and we other players, but like, it isn't enough. And, like, football, who's the last guy that got
1: Uh-oh, I think we lost Joe for a second. <laughs> yeah, we did. I just, I do want to say real quick, there's no proof that Peyton Manning did HGH just because his forehead got, like, twice the size of what it is currently. No proof of that. There's no proof. Same with Barry Bonds. He just got bigger and stronger the older he got. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but, Ramon, well – Joe's having some technical difficulties. Um, yeah, go ahead and give your perspective since you do cover a lot of these international sports, because because it does seem to be something that that happens a little bit more in that. And I guess for someone who, you know, obviously we don't see it as much in, you know, football and basketball, and I I don't particularly follow baseball. Do you, Do you think it's something that it, it takes away from the competition of the sport, or do you think it's something that kind of I guess adds that little bit of extra for people that, you know, they do have to train harder to do it. But I mean, there are some people that naturally they're able to match what people are having to you know give themselves to be able to be competitors.
0: Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation, right? Because I think when you talk about just the physical side of it, yeah. Right. You're finding ways to get bigger and stronger and play longer, but I think it's just the more, the harm that it can do inside of you. That's scary. And if you start this from a young age, it doesn't really, you, you see the side effects, right? We've seen things just not go right for people. And that's the real concern here. I think it's less about what you're doing on the field, because again, if it was just physical, everybody in the world would be doing it. If we're just being honest to get a competitive, that, that's just, everyone goes to the gym and tries to deadlift, a hundred, you know, as much as they can, everyone would be trying to use this stuff, but it's what it can do to you uh, inside of you it can do what inside of you mentally. And just, it takes away from that part of you. Yes. Your playing days are important and you should strive to be the best you can be, but your playing days aren't going to last forever. Ask Tom Brady. He thought it was going to last forever. Now he's sitting here at 44 and imagine he's out here doing stuff. He shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been doing, or you saw, ask some of these guys who are retired at 25, 26 years old. Now they don't know what they're doing. And they're a little bit messed up because of the stuff that they put in their bodies that they, sh- they shouldn't have been putting. I think that's the bigger concern here is I think it's less about what it does to you physically, but what it does uh, to your body It internally and what it does to your mental state uh, that is really the concern behind dope.
1: Yeah. Joe, you're back. (laughs) Sorry. You want to finish finish your,
2: your idea that you were with. Yeah. Our internet dropped out. Sorry about that guys. Uh, Where, where did you catch me at? Um, basically, you were talking
1: about the HGH. I interjected oh. and said, that "There's no proof that Peyton Manning's forehead is a result of
2: HGH." <laughs> just got uh, yeah. There's there's a FedEx affidavit that proves that his forehead is due to HGH. No, again, like I don't think the United States has a, a you know, like um, human growth hormones, things of that sort. Like we've seen, there's a great documentary called Icarus about the um, the steroids and stuff in going on in Russia. But again, like we need to really. Knit this in the bud at the lower levels of what we're doing i mean the thing that went on with the skater in the olympics is it was basically to improve lung capacity and and that's a lot we've seen in the tour de france and stuff like this like you either have to do it one of two ways everything is legal under doctor supervision or you literally are not allowed to take anything that you cannot buy at walmart Like if if it is anything more than a multivitamin, you're not allowed to have it because it is absolutely out of control because we don't know. Again, Amon, I just caught your tail end of it. Not only physically, but mentally what happens. I mean, we, roid rage is a, is a tell, you know, a tale all this time, but like there's worse when you are literally altering parts of your genetics because we don't know what's going on. It's dangerous. And I think that us at the big core four sports in America need to look at the, the shortcuts that players are taking. And we, as fans accept.
1: Yeah. And Joe, I'll, I'll pose the same question to you. Cause I asked him on, do you think that doing it in this manner takes away from, from the overall sports competition or do you feel that it
2: adds to it? It takes it away. It absolutely takes it away. What are we told from the youngest of ages? All of us went to kindergarten, everybody line up on the line, run to that run to that spot. And who was in first place was the fastest kid in school. And they walked around, and they said, I'm the fastest kid in school. I'm not the fastest wind dated. I'm not the fastest kid on steroids. I was the fastest kid in school. And I'm sorry, when you inject this stuff, none of us, none of us watch the tour de France anymore. Why? Because we know, we just know, if, even if you latch onto somebody, somebody on their team or them themselves are going to get busted for doping. And it's, I'm sorry. It just takes it away. It's not enjoyable. And again, which is why NHL, MLB, NBA, and NFL do not want to go down this path. Same as college football, same as all of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. So speaking of NBA, so Aman, I'll start with you. Why do you think the NBA the deadline works better than obviously than what we see in the NFL? I feel like you're, here with what, the last couple of years, we don't really see a whole lot of trades happen at the deadline. If we do, it's like eh, just kind of more role players. It's never, you know, big name starter guys. We never see the big in-season trade. If trades happen, they usually happen in the off season, you know, before the season starts or right after the season ends, one of the two. Um, why do you think the NBA's trade system works probably the best out of at least the other out of the four major sports?
0: I think it has a lot to do with the players. The players have a lot of power in the NBA. You see that they have a lot of say and a lot of pull, and it feels like compared to the other three that they have the most that are there. And you see more guys in the NBA, more big-time players be asking for a trade. James Harden, back-to-back years, asked for a trade. Whether you love him or you hate him, he's a guy who's always talked about, if you just flip on to any sports channel there is, they're always talking about James Harden. We talk about Kevin Durant, right, or Russell Westbrook or any of these guys. They they are willing to be traded. They want to be traded. In the NFL, when you hear this guy is traded, it feels kind of negative, right? This is a negative connotation almost like, oh, well, OB, OB, OBJ got traded from the Giants. It's like, oh, well, what happened? You're, there's something there. But in the NBA, it's it's just common practice. And I think that's the difference is just the connotation we wrap around it. I don't know what you can do in the NFL because I think for it to be better is that bigger name players – have to want to be traded, right? You're going to have to want um, mid-season. Russell, West, uh, uh, Russell Wilson saying, look, I want out, trade me right now. Then They don't usually do that. Or Kyler Murray, maybe it happens this year and Kyler Murray said that's it's not traded by the offseason or doesn't get his extension and goes to the Cardinals and Say, look, I'm out by the deadline, trade me or I'm not going to play. It's just not something you usually see in the NFL. But in the NBA, you'll see that. You'll see James Harden look like he cannot literally cannot pick up a basketball in houston and then a week later is scoring a triple double with his first game in brooklyn it's just it's something that you see in the nba and the power sees the power structure seems to be more suited for the players which allow the trade deadline to feel a little bit more exciting because those big names are there
1: yeah and and i'll say before before i hand it over to joe i i think a lot of it just has to do because the nba has so many games that they play like i feel like for the NBA, the trade the trade deadline works because it's kind of your second option for a second win. Like, we'll, you know, you could take a team. Okay, say we'll, we'll throw in Detroit because I refuse to talk about L.A. Um, just because everybody talks about them. You know, t- take the Detroit Pistons, for example. Say they make, like, four or five major blockbuster trades, and Detroit goes from being, you know, bottom of, you know, the Eastern Conference to now they're vying for we'll say this we'll be realistic we'll say like the sixth or seventh seed like you know now they have a second win because now you have now you can get another player that that makes some type of an impact that has a major input that can change the game whereas like you said Amon I kind of agree when you trade okay are they a problem you know why didn't you get traded or get released early on in the off season kind of you know have an idea where you want to go. And like I said, a majority of those trades that happen during the midseason, they're just kind of, you know, they're they're role players. Like maybe it's a backup guard for like a backup wide receiver or, or something or something to that extent. So to me for the NFL, you know, I, the because the NFL, I don't want to say is necessarily smaller, and I don't want to say longer because it's 17 games. Like it's, it's a slower process if you're losing, and it's a slower process if you're winning. You know, I, I don't really know. I don't know if for the NFL, if they shouldn't just keep the trade open, you know, all year round. Because, I mean, think about it. I get it. You know, there kind of needs to be a limit, you know, because, hell, who knows? You know, Cincinnati could be like, all right, we're going to give you like all of our draft capital for like three offensive linemen so we don't get smoked by Aaron Donald. <laughs> his like, yeah okay i mean i get it but then you know since he's going to fall off and that's going to be their own downfall and other teams are going to build back up off of this and we'll we'll actually touch into that uh, in the next topic here in a second um you know joe what do you what do you think do, do you think there's a way for the nfl to improve or do you think that for the nba you know they they figured out a way to make it work and to be honest again i don't watch a lot of baseball but i know there's like 600 games in a season like there's a ridiculous number of games so i don't know why baseball kind of doesn't do the same thing and i haven't really ever paid full attention to hockey i'm trying to work on that but I, i've never really paid attention to hockey so i mean dude, for for you and your perspective you know what what do you think
2: well baseball is 162 games first of all so let's let's put some respect <laughs> on that right there but, i mean the reason is is because i think the nba especially in the last five to ten years there's only literally a handful. There's maybe five guys going into any trade deadline that you say they're not getting traded. Other than that, it is a possibility for anybody in the league to get traded. And I also think that the NBA draft is the draft that we really – we care about the top pick when it's somebody we know, but we don't really care about it. There's only two rounds. Most people do not know more than five players on average, and that's 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 a,
0: generous. a high
2: <laughs> – I mean, five players, give me five guys from last year. I'm not sure you can right off the top of your head, but like, and they've had a year in the league. So again, it's, it's interesting in that regard. And also it's the way that these deals are structured. It's a pick four years from now. It's a pick five years from now. It goes in the back of your mind. You don't think about it. And then when it comes around, you're like, wait a minute, Why do they have two picks in the top five? It's like, oh, from a trade they made five years ago, and then now it's coming up to bite them. I mean, we saw that happen between – it didn't happen at the trade deadline, but we saw between the Celtics and the Nets with, you know, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, like all these picks down the line that ended up building the Celtics now. So in in that regard, in the NFL, it's also because we don't – we don't care about as many players. Like, if you have a favorite basketball team, you can probably name their whole team, all 12 guys. You probably can And in the NFL, if they're trading, like, a lineman – I mean, last year Orlando Brown Jr. got traded to the Chiefs. I thought it was a big deal. Most people are like, oh, okay. And it's like, no, that's actually a huge deal. <laughs> like, you should care about that. And it and they don't. So, and again, it's also the way the, the sh- contracts are structured because of bonuses. You know, the NBA has guaranteed contracts, so like it's just straight up money. But I mean, the NBA does this right because I'm a casual basketball fan and I follow Loach. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Like, he's got all the news, and mm-hmm. and it's it's fun. Those like forty eight to seventy two hours where you're like. You know, I'm a Pacers fan, so this one kind of hurt me because I'm a Sabonis fan. But like, I'm I'm literally refreshing Twitter, trying to find out what's going on, and it it's just it's captivating. I mean, somebody brought up in the NFL should the NFL move uh, the deadline back one to two weeks? No, actually, if it were up to me, I think a solution would be you can make trades up to your thirteenth game. After your thirteenth game, then it's done. So the trade deadline is actually spread across time because of the bye weeks and stuff so after you've completed your 13th game you can no longer make a trade yeah and and i would i would definitely agree with that because
1: yeah like like you said joe it there there needs to be kind of a point where it's like all right 13 games in you kind of already know am i going to the playoffs or not do i really need to to make big trade or not and and yeah i agree and we'll we'll kind of move this into the next topic as far as the the nba lottery because well not the nba lottery the nfl draft should it go to a lottery and i i was thinking about this when i first saw this topic because you know the the whole idea of a lot of these drafts and lotteries and everything like that is you know the the bad teams have to have something to be able to build on you can't just continue to have you know crappy you know crappy teams all the time even though it still seems to be the same crappy teams all the time. Like, you know, take Detroit, for example, you know, Detroit has the number two pick and the number 32 pick in the first round. And then they have basically the first pick of every following round after that, until they finish, unless they trade, et cetera, et cetera. And where are we going to expect the Detroit lions to be next year? Bottom 10, baby,
2: top five.
1: That's right. Top five. (laughs) So like, And we've seen it with Jacksonville. We've seen it with the Jets. You know, we've, we've seen it with a lot of these teams. It's, it's very rare that you're able to get these teams that, you know, they, they make these draft picks count. Now I've also heard draft picks. They're kind of like that brand new car that you buy in the showroom floor, right? You get the car, it's got no mileage on it. It's brand new, smells like brand new leather, super nice. The minute you drive it off that lot, you've lost three grand just right there. And I feel like draft picks are kind of the same way. We can evaluate somebody up and down, head to toe, night and day in high school, in college. Sometimes it doesn't correlate over to the NFL, doesn't correlate over it well at all. You know, Matt liner Matt Leiner was supposed to be a phenomenal quarterback, you know, for USC. Didn't pan out in the NFL. Tim Tebow. Perfect example. Didn't pan out. <laughs> so,
0: That's our boy, Josh McDaniels. Name,
1: name, name an Alabama quarterback other than Mac Jones that has had any type of recent success in the NFL.
2: Like, we don't it, have that much time to
1: be
0: quiet. a <laughs> like, winning eight. seven straight. Is that, does that count? Does that count? Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Maybe. So and, and but then of course you have on the other hand, you know, you have these players that are in the fifth round, like Cooper Cup, you have the sixth round and Tom Brady, the fourth and Dak Prescott. You know, you have all these, you know, players that their draft position doesn't necessarily matter. Um, so Joe, I'll start with you. Do you think the NFL should move more to a lottery system? And do you think that it would do you think that it would make a difference for say team we'll say like the typical bottom five teams like Jacksonville, the Jets, the Lions? Um, and whoever else you want to throw in there.
2: Tony, I'm so glad you brought this to me because you know what? I'm solutions-oriented, and I actually have a solution to this. Yes, absolutely yes, a hundred times yes. They should absolutely move to a lottery for the first round. The second round through the seventh round goes back to by record. So there you go. The first round should absolutely be by lottery. And you know what? If only somebody had figured this out last year, percentages to do this. You know what? I think I have somebody. Let me go get him. Oh, here I am right here. This is the way you do it. You have two different lotteries. You have the worst team by record and the 18th team, which is the last team out of the playoffs. They are assigned a percentage of ping pong balls. You can put a 1,000 balls into a machine. The number one team, so this year would be the – Jacksonville, excuse me, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they would have a 13 and percent chance to get the number one overall pick. The second team would have a 12 percent chance to get the number two pick. The third team would have a 10 percent chance. So what this allows you to do, and if you go all the way back to 18, it's a 0.5 percent chance. So this is where it comes to. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles do this, where they tanked their last game, they pulled their quarterback to get a better draft position. Now, did it really end up mattering because they traded? Maybe, maybe not. But this also allows for intrigue because people care about when those envelopes are discovered on NBA draft lottery night. We don't see the ping pong balls coming out. But when you see that team that is out of position, then your mind starts going, oh, my God, is there a chance? So let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars end up down in fourth. Now you have a team outside the top four who has jumped up. Who is that team? And also I think it we talked about this kind of correlates to the the trade. I think you're more willing to trade if you're not sure where you're at. If there's a lottery. And I also think it, it does improve trades, more first round trades, because if you're a playoff team, you know that you know you're not gonna be able to go, you know, up so far and all this. But, I, I, again, I think the lottery is a good idea because it adds intrigue to the league. Let's admit it. it the best the draft ever was was all day Saturday and all day Sunday. They've turned it into a TV show. So if you want a TV show, here's a
0: TV show.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. Amon, what do you what do you
0: think? I don't think it's going to solve any tanking uh, because we saw Philly for like six years. Trust the process. Trust the process. And yeah. just sit there. Detroit for years, Cleveland when they lost the bronze. So it's not going to stop tanking. But I do agree with Joe. It does add that level of intrigue, right? Be- and it also promotes you to now move off of some picks. Because if I'm, say, Houston at three, and I don't know what I'm going to, if I'm going to have three or, or if I'm going to have one, if I'm going to have 18, I have no idea. And maybe someone comes available. Oh, maybe I want to make another trade or maybe, uh, you know, whatever. You can trade a player to go get another ping pong ball in your favor with that pick. So there's multiple intrigues there. But to me, I'd, you could have the regular draft. You could have a lottery. Tanking is going to occur, and nothing will get stopped until you fix the guys making the picks. Until guys, until people don't draft Mitch Trubisky number two overall. Until people <laughs> don't trade up to draft Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel or maybe Jordan Love. You know, until the Browns get competent GM status, you know, you you're not gonna have this thing be solved. Will it add intrigue, absolutely, but will it solve an issue of tanking? I'm not sure it will.
2: It won't, but can I give you a little – I'll use this season as a simulation. We've just finished the Super Bowl on February 13th. What if on March 1st we had the lottery show? So now we have – we know who the combine invitees are. March 1st we know the order of the draft. So now we know where the picks in the first round are at. So now the new league year starts. It adjusts free agency and the way people are signed. It adjusts what trades you make before the draft because, as you said, Amon, if you're Houston at number three and you move up to number one, all of a sudden you might be open for business. At three, you were okay taking the player you wanted. But now number one overall, hey, everybody call us. We're open for number one. It totally adjusts free agency and everything because if you're a team in the 15 to 16 range and all of a sudden you're up to number nine, that adjusts your free agency board. You're going to be available to get players that you didn't think you were going to be able to get. So again, that just adds more level of intrigue to the whole offseason. Yeah,
1: and, and I kind of honestly, if if I'm a college player, I would almost be a big fan of this too. Yeah. And I, I yeah, because because think about it, you know, we'll we'll take actually this year, for example, you know, you Trevor Lawrence, um, let's see, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, um,
0: Zach Wilson, Mac Jones.
1: Zach, Zach Wilson, yeah. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, right? And what were the, what were the first five teams? The Jags. The Jets,
0: the Niners,
1: the, the Niners, um, the Bengals was Atlanta.
0: team. It was uh, Atlanta and then Cincinnati, Atlanta
1: and, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So yeah. think about it. if if we do this draft lottery right and, mm-hmm. and say, you know, you're Trevor Lawrence, it's like, OK, you know, out of out of these teams, who could I potentially go to? I potentially might go to the Jags. I potentially might go to the Jets. There's a chance I could go to the 49ers. I'm going to be in a lot better position with a lot better coach and a lot better weapons. And, and think about it. What, what do you think would have been probably more interesting for the NFL and for the playoffs overall if you have Trevor Lawrence and Debo Samuel? Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, hey, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer, have fun in the dumpster fire. <laughs> and
0: now there's a trade to have uh, okay. at the deadline too. If you do that because Jimmy Garoppolo gets a move.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo gets a move, you know, you're moving quarterbacks around and and like Joe said, free agents, because then, you know, maybe more people are like, Oh, Oh crap. The number one overall pick this is you know, supposed to be generational talent. And Trevor Lawrence is now in San Francisco. I want to go play with this kid. You know, they have a young future there. I want to be a part of this type of thing. So, I mean, I, that to me is what I would do. I think it would kind of help save some of these quarterbacks careers, if doing that, you know, now who knows? Maybe maybe Zach Wilson still goes to the Jets. Maybe he's still a reach. I don't know. I think he is, but that's just me. I mean, Mike White is obviously the GOAT for the Jets, but that's just me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I mean, I'll I'll use a team here real quick we talked about earlier. Let's say Minnesota. Minnesota is the number 12 team in the draft right now. If Minnesota moves up to two, they have Kirk Cousins. Now the question is, do they go and do they draft a quarterback of the future? Because at 12, it's a little bit easier to take that guy. Do you take him at two? Now all of a sudden, are you looking for a team to trade up and do that? Are you looking at another position? Again, it throws everything into a flux. All you're doing is, what what this is to me, this is like taking a, a really good ice cream sundae and dipping it in chocolate, you're not taking anything away from the NFL draft, from the NFL as a whole. All you're doing is adding something good to it. You're
1: just deep frying it.
2: It's fine. It's deep frying. <laughs> That's fine. It makes
1: it, makes it
0: better.
1: <laughs> um, and pretty much our last topic, and it, it's kind of well, I don't think it's the same for the NBA as it is for the NFL. Do you guys think that salary caps are better for the players or for the owners? Ma, I'm gonna start with you.
0: So on the surface, I you know I think the obvious answer is the owners. But I was kind of thinking about it, and I was like, these guys are all businessmen, and if they could just go, and you're telling me they just get to spend money, and you're telling me that Jerry Jones wouldn't pay everybody the Patrick Mahomes contract to come play for the Dallas Cowboys, and now you got guys who might not have made a name for themselves because they have to fight for that roster spot, and now they get booted off because of the fact that you're paying everybody to come to one team. Yeah, I think the, the salary cap... I think it is good for the players. And again, yeah, you don't get the huge money if you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You don't, instead of a $500 million, uh, instead of a billion dollar contract, you get a five hundred million contract. I'm sorry, my bad buddy. But you know, if you're a guy like Jacoby Myers, who was an undrafted free agent and now has an opportunity to get on the field, that's why, because the Patriots couldn't go and give Brady in his final year, everything that he needed at wide receiver. If you're a guy like Cyril Grayson, who was a track star, now you get to be on a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, uh, catch passes from Tom Brady. Uh, even guys like Cedric Wilson, who are, you know, better known coming out of college, still wouldn't have that same opportunity. Gosh. Thinking And Van Jefferson, even on the Rams this year, who knew Van Jefferson before this? Cooper Cup coming into this uh, season. So I think that, you know, while on the surface it might be the, the owners is the obvious answer, I think in the end it does save a lot of these maybe lower echelon players or guys who don't come in with as much prestige because of the fact that they get a better opportunity.
2: Joe, what do you think? Well, I think we need to divide this kind of like you mentioned, Tony, into two different things. Let's talk about the NFL and let's talk about the NBA. Let's talk of the NFL first. We have a salary cap floor. It's so much money that you have to spend, which is a good thing. You always have to have a minimum because if not, people like Dan Snyder, people like Shag Khan, people like that are going to try and, you know, just get the very yeah. least they can. Yeah. They're, they're, that's yeah. just what they're going to do. Yeah. To me personally – I would love to see the NFL uncapped. We saw what it did for one year, and unfortunately, Dallas and Washington were penalized because even though there was no rule against it, they kind of went against the brotherhood of the NFL. The reason that they don't do it in the NFL is one simple reason, Gerald Wayne Jones, because (laughs) absolutely, like you said, I'm on it's Jerry literally just calling every every free agent, every single free agent. He's calling up and he's saying 10 years, 50 million dollars. Yes, it's not a whole lot, but you, it's whatever, you know, $500 million, a billion dollars, you know, whatever it is. I'm going to pay 10 years, $50 million for the best kicker in the league. I'm going to pay 10 years, $50 million for the best punter in the league. Like, he's not going to care. I actually think it's interesting because we do see this in the NBA, which I'll get to in a second. But cash-poor teams like the Raiders, yes, John, it did it would hurt small market teams. But here's where this benefits the NFL, Those small market owners who don't want to spend any money will no longer be owners dragging down the league. They're going to be forced to sell to rich businessmen who want to spend the money, who want to promote the league, who want to have really good teams because they're not going to be rewarded in the brand new Joe McDonald uh, um, lottery draft. I'm I'm going to trademark it, but – That you know, that you can't be Jacksonville and not spend a lot of money, have a ton of cap space, and get top five picks all the time. Like, who wants to see that? Don't you want to see every team come from nowhere? Like, Cincinnati fans, we have one in the group who was very adamant that they were going to win. But, like, it when you have a team that has been bad for so long and they're good, it makes people around you better. And I want every team, I don't want Dallas to win. Don't get me wrong, I don't want Dallas to win, but I want every single team to have the opportunity. So I think in some ways the salary cap is is a bad thing for the owners because it should force you to be – an because, Amon, you said it. They're businessmen. Who wants to run the 20th best paper company? Who wants to run the 20th best software company? Nobody does. You want to be number one. And if you're not having that mindset in the world's richest league, what are we doing here?
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, first off, Joe, um, we do want Dallas to win. <laughs> oh, we do. Absolutely not. This, this is for that Patriots losing five Super Bowls comment. I know what this is for. Um, <laughs> exactly is for. Um, but um, to me, I think I kind of agree with the mon- It it helps the players more because when mean think about it, it. Jerry Jones is the reason why there's a cap hashtag nineties because Jerry Jones is like I want, this one, I want this one I want this one I want Super Bowls damn it I'll trade my soul for one right we know what Jerry's, doing. Jerry's sacrificing newborns to get Super Bowls um, so you know for the players though it, it's a benefit and I and I say that because you know we we look at we look at teams when this happens you know. You, we'll, we'll take we'll take the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. They won a Super Bowl. They lost Ray Lewis. They lost Ed Reed. What did they do? They paid Joe Flacco a ton of money. And then what happened for a couple of years? Baltimore <laughs> was mediocre. They fell off. What has happened so far? Because Kansas City, you know, paid Patrick Mahomes a crap ton of money. What's going to happen? Tyreek's getting older. Tyreek is probably going to want one more big contract before he mm-hmm. goes. Say, is probably yeah. going to want one one big contract, you know, before he goes. That's that's three of your players, and you're going to potentially lose them. Um, New Orleans, perfect example. You're still paying Drew Brees; he's gone. You're paying Taysom Hill a crap ton of money to be a backup. Terrible idea. Like you're, you know, we, we're seeing bad deals all the time. You know, Green Bay, for example. I didn't want to go into that, because, you know, that uh,
2: Either dude, way. No because, you know, the, me, the,
1: the biggest no the biggest, the biggest the cap turd ever is Aaron freaking Rogers because he wants to make like 43% of your freaking cap and then get mad because you don't have first round talent players taking Talk half a million to. dollar freaking salaries. And just, I don't, know why, exactly. I I don't <laughs> know why I can't win. I don't know why I can't win. Because you want all the damn money but you don't want to pay your players. Like, like to me the cap is perfect for Kind of like what Tom Brady did. I'm not going to take as much money so we can have the cap to bring in other players that want to win and get paid both. Or you can pull kind of you can pull a um well hell, name a random player on the Jacksonville Jaguars that goes there in free agency. Like, yeah, I'm gonna go Larry Jacksonville. Jones. No, actually, Marvin actually Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, wrote, actually the perfect person, uh Nadamikan Sue went to Miami, seven mm. year deal, a hundred million dollars to a bottom franchise and what did
2: Albert, you get out of it? Albert Haynesworth,
1: to exactly like if you want to go get paid the most money by all means again this is a temporary thing you're not going to do this forever we've seen players get their careers cut short go make as much money as you can but I'm looking at players Aaron Rodgers don't sit here and tell me you want to win championships and then sit here and tell me I want to make 70 million dollars I'm confused. Why can't you go get me help? Don't do that.
2: Don't do that. But, but part of this is, in the re- and I, I do agree with you guys, in the current structure that it's set up, it is the players. But the problem is, is there's so much funny money. The money a player makes is not the same as their cap hit. That's not the same in the NBA. Their salary is the cap hit. Like th- They have this. So what the NFL wants to do in this regard is if they want to change it and they want to have an open cap, then it's money. You pay somebody a three million dollars salary; it's three million dollars, and it counts three million dollars against you. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, and I kind of agree, and I I would like that more for for NFL team because now because now you know again take New Orleans for example. How, how long do you think it's going to be before New Orleans can financially recover from this and even be at a financial point to where they're like, okay, now we're back over the cap, now we have some draft picks, now we can go sign big money free agents that's going to be what 2026 2027 before we maybe see new orleans back over in the positives to where they have an abundance of money and then look at the jaguars jaguars are always like top three in the most cap space and like joe said you always have the most cap you like you you spend big money on like old like b-rated you know NFL free Like, don't get me wrong. I love Marvin Jones. I thought that was going to be significantly better than what it was, and I was completely and totally wrong. That was a flipping bust. <laughs> so it's like, you guys have all this money, and what are you doing with it? Like nothing. Like you're not doing anything with like, Jacksonville.
2: What Jacksonville is now, they're a movie. They're a movie studio who keeps paying thirty million dollars for Dan Aykroyd. I love Dan Aykroyd, but he ain't making thirty million dollar movies anymore. Like he has a great legacy, but that just ain't the dude anymore. And that's Jacksonville.
1: They're kind of like that black leather couch for, you know, the, the spicy movies like, you know, it's a nice couch. I don't want to buy it. I'm not paying $200 for that couch. I know what that couch has
2: been through like, it's not, it's not happening. So so let's talk about the NBA for a moment. Would you like to see no salary cap in the NBA? Because as we talked about this, the contracts are a little bit different where they're more a player makes this. This is what their cap is. Would you like to
0: see that in the NBA? It feels like it is that in the NBA, to be honest. There's no hard cap. There's no punishment. Like, you can be in the red, and you're totally fine, you know? so pay taxes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and then everyone's like, Lakers, yeah, we'll pay taxes, whatever. We were in California anyway. We'll just go for it, you know? It, it doesn't even matter for them. So, uh, in the NBA, I don't think it makes a difference whether you go no, if you say officially no cap. Because the way, again, the way it's set up, if they feel this player is going to change the entire franchise, okay, I get a slap on the wrist and get a ring to my finger. I'm going to take it.
2: Yeah. What, uh, would you would you feel comfortable if they did like a no cap but you're only allowed to have let's say a percentage like no player can take up more than like 20%. 28% yeah. of 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 your total amount. So if the Lakers want to pay LeBron $50 million a season, he cannot count more than 28% against their total for players. Something like that is kind right. of a safeguard. Cause that way we're not getting LeBron James, you know, Kevin Durant, Giannis all on the same team. Like it's literally, if you're going to do it, you're going to suffer.
1: Wait, you don't want super team? Wait, no, <laughs> that's how LeBron James
0: wins championships is super team. Oh, okay. oh my God. Don't let pride hear you talk about like that. Oh, my goodness.
1: Uh, I Nobody ever wants, everybody's going to sit here and say, oh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh wasn't a super team. Bull freaking. Brown. No, no,
0: no. I'm just talking about in Cleveland. That one in Cleveland was there's nothing on that team. I'm oh, oh
2: true. I mean, you had
0: I've been reeling Tony in
2: all night. I knew he'd get Rodgers. I knew he'd get the <laughs> Just fishing, man, right off the hey. dock.
1: Hey, I don't even talk about LeBron. I think this is the first time I've talked about LeBron in like weeks.
0: <laughs> that's good well, because when your team terrible. is under five hundred, you can't really talk about it. You know,
1: that's just. No, Lakers aren't my team. It's no, no, I'm just
0: saying when when LeBron's team is under five hundred, you oh, can't yeah, yeah. talk about it. You know, it's like. But but what would you think of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, well, kind of like you guys said, that that's kind of already the case for what it is in the NBA. As far as taking over twenty percent. I mean, I could see it, but I mean, realistically, the, that's kind of what they already do now. I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, Kevin Durant, you know, Giannis and LeBron aren't on the same team is because again, kind of the same thing in the NFL, all these guys, you know, they might be willing to take a little bit of a pay cut. Cause like, Oh yeah, we're going to go get a championship. Like this is going to happen, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go take a championship for, you know, half a million dollars. Like, no, I'm, I'm still one of the better players. Like, I can go somewhere else, form like half a super team and still be there in the same position you are. You're just not going to have me there. So, I mean, it it's kind of like how it is now. Cause I mean, think about it. What, well, literally before James Harden was traded, you had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden all on the same team, all in the same cap. So I, I feel like really the, the NBA is already kind of set up for that, to be honest with you. Um, now I actually would take that idea And transfer that over to the NFL. And I say that so that way you don't have teams like the Saints that are going to be, you know, cap struggling for four or five years. You don't have players, you know, and again, it sucks for the players because I'm I'm all about players getting paid because again, this is not a long term guaranteed thing. You know, but that way you don't have you know Patrick Mahomes eating like thirty three percent of your cap. You don't have Aaron Rodgers eating up like forty percent. You don't have Dak eating up like forty percent. And it it gives teams more of a chance to be successful and and bring in decent players to be able to compete.
2: Yeah, I mean part of the part of the frustration is too is you know i got to interview a guy who does the salary cap for the patriots he started doing it in his own free time and is now he doesn't work for the team but basically like people who work for the team get his advice on stuff and he said like it's it can definitely be like mind-numbing the way you have to understand everything because there's so many rules the money doesn't equal to the cap space and this and that and all that And it is really frustrating i mean there was this narrative you know, the final, I think it was the final four teams. If you look at their cap hits or the money they were making, you know, you had Patrick Mahomes, you had Matt Stafford, you had, you know, Joe Burrows on a rookie deal. So that doesn't matter. But like these playoff quarterbacks making all this money, but again, are those teams going to be successful long-term? I mean, right now we're going to see the Rams. The reason we're hearing about Aaron Donald possibly retiring is because he wants to be the highest paid player in football and buy a lot. And guess what? When you have a guy like Stafford who makes a good amount of money and a guy like Ramsey and all this, it hamstrings you. It makes it hard to be competitive, which is why teams like the Steelers and the Colts and the Patriots were anomalies because they were successful for so long because the NFL, the modern NFL is not designed to be that way. It wasn't like the Cowboys and Steelers of the seventies. It wasn't like the Packers of the sixties or the Browns of the fifties. Like now, you have to have. I mean, there's a reason. As much as I hate them, there's a reason the analytics have come into football so much because you have to have an MIT degree to understand all of this stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, not only that,
1: but I mean, th- think about it now. The, the modern NFL—you got to get at least one. You got to be. You got to get one to be relevant. You know, look at look at Tampa Bay. They're like, we're going all in on Tom Brady. We're going to get at least one. It's all we got. If we get another one, cool. If not, we're getting at least one. Same Rams, with Los Angeles. Yeah, the Man, Rams are a yeah. perfect example. The, because think about like what, what the Steelers did, you know, what the Colts did, what the Patriots did. Mm-hmm. You, you don't really trade a whole lot of picks. If you do, it's mainly like second and third round. You don't trade your first rounders. Mm-hmm. You draft really well. You have high expectation for your first rounders. Like, Hey, these are going to be our starter guys. We're going to make them work. And then our second, third round guys, if your starter's cool, if not, you're probably just going to be a support role. But yeah, now is not really built for long-term, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, look! Look at the Colts right now. The Colts are built. They're still kind of doing that. They're still built for a long term. They still have a good offensive line. They still spend money actually pretty well in free agency. But what don't they have? They don't have a quarterback because they do just well enough that they knock themselves out of that quarterback competition, and now it's just a rotating carousel.
0: And that's why we need that Joe McDonald NFL Draft on uh, NFL Lottery Board. That's 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 exactly. Yeah, it. baby. There you go. Back.
2: <laughs> one, one question for for you guys before I know we're finishing up here. Okay. You mentioned the the Colts. The Colts are trying to be the Rams and the Buccaneers. So are the Denver Broncos, two teams in the AFC who feel that they have teams that are ready to compete, but are missing that high level quarterback to get them there. Of the Broncos and of the Colts, who do you think makes the biggest push for one of these superstar quarterbacks, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's maybe Kyler Murray? Who do you think of those two teams? Or is there another team that fits the bill of like, listen, we are 90 percent there. We just need to get over the hump. Hey, Amon, I'll let you go first.
0: I think the Denver Broncos already started their push with their head coaching hire. They again, I, if we are being honest, did Nathaniel Hackett get a job because he's a brilliant mind? He might have one. I don't know, and that's not the reason they got hired. He might eventually, you know what? He could be a great head coach someday. But he's not getting hired because they think he's going to be a great head coach. They hired him because they want Aaron Rodgers. They want to make the push for Aaron Rodgers. And with the news breaking today, I don't know if he's coming back or not. We'll see what happens. But again. I think that they made their push for him. I think the Colts are a little bit too sensible to then just throw everything they have at a quarterback. You know, this is based off their history. I just don't think, yes, if they can get him for Carson Wentz. Wentz. I know. I know. But again, they didn't throw three, four first round picks out the window, right? If if to get Rodgers, to get Watson, that's what you're going to have to do to throw three, four. First round picks, and based off their history, they're just not willing to do that. The Denver Broncos haven't had anybody successful after John Elway and between um, Peyton Manning. Between that, there's there's been nobody in your best quarterback's been Jay Cutler. Outside of those two guys, has been Jay Cutler. That's not a great place to be at, right? Tim Tebow has maybe your only other playoff win in the 2010s. It's not a great place to be at. So that for them, I think they're ready to make the push, and I think they're gonna they might fall right back in that same facet of of um, not being very good after the quarterback leaves. But with the head coaching hire, I think they're making the biggest push to go get Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yeah. And, and I will say real quick, um, you know, the only time Denver has ever drafted a successful franchise quarterback is if the Colts draft them first.
0: That's so true. Look so at that.
1: Realistically, Andrew Luck comes out of retirement. And like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, there's always a chance for Harbaugh. Then,
1: <laughs> like, so to me, to me, all honestly, even as like a Colts fan, I don't think Carson Wentz is bad. As much as I dislike Carson Wentz, because think about it. can you can you really look at the Colts wide receiver room and tell me that's a great wide receiving core? You have a what thirty-two year old T.Y. Hilton past his prime. He's not really been like that guy the last couple seasons. You have Michael Pittman, the dude that refuses to give number 11 to Carson Wentz because of my number. Yeah, you never wore that like your entire life, and now you decide that this is my number. You're dumb. Anyway, um, so to, to me, Denver, Denver has more of the pieces set up. Now, for Denver, though, like Amon said, you're going to have to trade a lot. I'm I'm betting at least one offensive lineman because Green Bay's offensive line is not great. You're trading at least Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, one of the two, mm-hmm. because Devontae's gone too. So they don't now they really don't have any water <laughs> or something Green Bay. No. Um and, and like Amon said, is Denver prepared to go back into you know bottom feeder mediocrity when Aaron Rodgers leaves? And will Aaron Rodgers even take you there? Because you're going to probably the hardest division in the NFL if you do. And I would stop being a Colts fan if they do this. If they get Aaron Rodgers, you know, you at least have an easier division. You possibly don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson. You don't have to worry well, you have to worry about going to Jacksonville. Um, <laughs> Do you really have to worry about Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill? No, just just wait for him to throw a couple picks. It'll be fine. Um, So, I mean, really, you're going to an easier division in the AFC South than you are the AFC West where you have Herbert, you have Mahomes, you have Carr. You're going to be vying for, like, second, third place. Maybe, maybe, maybe first. What Aaron Rodgers will take him anywhere? Uh, No. You no, know, because he can't. He can't do it right now with just
2: well with just Devonte Adams. Um, like, nice. like wait, like, did we did we finally discover that we found somebody that Tony hates as much as Aaron Rodgers? Is it Michael Pittman? He seems really upset about the number <laughs>
1: eleven. I, actually, I don't. I just like when I heard that because it was like it's like okay, Carson Wentz is going to get number eleven, and then Michael Pittman's like, no, this is my number. I'm like, you never wore eleven. Like Carson Wentz wore eleven. Like. All of college, all of high school, all of his NFL career. And you're just like, no, I'm the second stream wide receiver. I'm not giving up. (laughs) Who are you? Like you just got here.
0: (laughs) Tony's been watching too many Michael Pittman YouTube videos. That's all that's happened.
1: For real. I'm just like. I was like, I was kind of sitting here. I was like, watch Carson Wentz be like, no, I'm not throwing you the ball. I don't care if it's a wide open game winning touchdown. I'm not throwing you the ball. I'll throw again. it to
0: the other team instead. <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, hashtag Tennessee. Like, I'm just throwing it up. Whoever gets it gets it. It's fine. But I really don't. I really don't dislike. Well, I don't care for Michael. Like, it's. It, I don't have anything against him. I just thought that was the stupidest reason to not give Wentz his number. Like, like to me, there's a point. Like, if you've been in the league for four or five years with the same number, and, and unless you're like Larry Fitzgerald and you've worn number 11 for like all of eternity, keep this damn number. Like, it's like look at Chris Godwin with number 12. He's like, well, this is the number I wear. It's even Tom Brady was like, I'll pick a new number. And Tampa Bay was like, no, 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 no. That's you. That's how people know you. No, 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 no. You're, you're giving up number 12. Like, like uh, yeah, it's like Michael Pittman, you've been in five minutes. Let Carson Wentz have eleven. If he leaves next year, take your eleven back. It's not even like you're number one in jersey sales. Like, just stop it. Stop
0: you're not it. Justin Fields in Wisconsin. Could you imagine? Not like
2: that. Could you imagine if Tampa Bay like literally made Tom change his company name from TB used to be 12 Like that would <laughs> that would be pretty bad if they didn't let him get number
0: twelve.
1: No, well, didn't wasn't it in a recent interview? He said that he was like thinking about going to number seven because he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna go I'm to chasing
0: number seven. Yeah,
1: I'm chasing yeah. number seven. And I'm like would have been kind of cool as the Tom in number seven. Like it, it would have been different. Like in seven, I, I wouldn't have
0: like- gotten used to it, man. I'm not used to seeing him in red or the Tampa Bay shade of red, the throwback New England Patriots jerseys red was nice, but this Whoa. shade of red was not it.
1: You're like, no, or the, or the gray, <laughs> the gray. Of Tampa no, it York. just wasn't gray. it. man.
0: It, it wasn't it. The orange practice jerseys. just not it. Just not doing it for me. <laughs>
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um I think Joe's having technical difficulties again. Or he's really focused and not – <laughs>
0: Or he just – he thinks, man, I'm going to shut up. You're you're not funny. That it's I, I think that's what it is. I think he's just coming
1: That or maybe he's just so stunned about the Michael Pittman thing. He just
2: <laughs> there we go now. Yep, that was it. That was it. it was Michael. You, guys, <laughs> you guys were saying something mean about me. I'm very upset. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to listen back.
1: We <laughs> said that you had um... – we said that you just seemed like you were either very focused or you're having technical difficulties or we like
2: fried. Just nobody liking. Michael Pittman. <laughs> I'm having a Freddie moment. My internet is having a Freddie moment.
1: <laughs> well, it works out. Cause that's actually all the time we got for the show. Um, again, thank you to Amon and Joe for coming on as always a blast. Of course, we always find out something new about each other. We pretty much know that. Well, we found out that apparently I don't like Michael Pittman, and that I can still roast Aaron Rodgers with the best of them. Um, we also found out Joe's going to trademark a new lottery system for the NFL. I expect the paperwork there on Monday. <laughs> um, and Amon is definitely going to be the the curator for stopping you know blood doping. Know, across international seas as well so you know mon's got his assignment joe's got his mine is to throat punch michael pittman for not <laughs> up. anyway guys thank you again tune in next week we'll, we'll probably have another show if we don't get canceled it'll be fine um but again thank you guys for tuning in hope y'all have a good night all
0: sports are plays. all sports All sports, all plays. 365, we're making a place. you are talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the dime in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All Authentication, sports information. In the air, we're taking a nation. Sports, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace in the field,
1: so type the laces.